Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at the JagAdvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity. It's fair shot right on the flick through the score. Sebastian Ajo might have knocked out one through Campbell, and the Canes have leveled this game at one. Those jerseys are sharp, and this fourth line that's on the ice has given some quality shifts. Now Marner wins the draw. Puck is deflected. Lawrence using his big body to get to it. Turns around and he scores! Stevie Lawrence puts the Canes in the lead. What an individual effort by the young man who grew up just outside of Toronto. 325 remaining here in the third period. Bear with a keep in for the Canes. Good work by Ethan Bear. Niederreiter to Stahl. Stahl lays it back. We're slaving with a nice move around Marner. Gets it down low. Niederreiter scores! Oh, that's a beauty of Picasso. Painted by the Hurricanes to take a 3-1 lead. Nino Niederreiter, second of the season. In his own Trocek. Pulls away from Muzzin. Svechnikov tries to get a stick to it. Instead, it'll come out. And a two-on-one developing for Toronto. Marner to Kerfoot. Kerfoot goes a little too far. Second chance. Anderson gets the glove to it. Short-handed. Freddie Anderson robs Kerfoot. He can't believe it. Even though he won't get a save on the first one, he made it impossible to score on the breakaway. And he has been absolutely brilliant for the Hurricanes in the first five games this season. Toronto now with 65 seconds on the clock. Lose the puck. Svechnikov has got a step. Empty net. Bullseye. Andre Svechnikov with the icing on the Carolina King. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold. Presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. Thanks for hanging out with us. And the Carolina Hurricanes defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs by a 4-1 count at PNC Arena tonight. Returning home after a three-game road trip. And as I have been saying, you can't go 82-0 without first going 5-0. Franchise first tonight. First time in franchise history, the Hurricanes won five consecutive games to start the season, all in regulation. And the uh, the like the analytical data, the statistics are pretty staggering. Carolina has now outscored the opposition twenty two to eight in the five games. Twenty two to eight. Freddie Anderson has been on fire. One hundred and sixteen saves against his last one hundred and twenty one shots at him. It's a nine fifty nine save percentage over those four games. Absolutely stunning. Uh, Andrei Svechnikov has five goals. Sebastian Ajo has four goals. Um, Jacob Slavin has five points, all assists, in five games. And he had two assists tonight, but he also took a penalty. 
amazing stuff. We're going to cover a lot of stuff. We'll hear from Alec Campbell in a little bit. Also, Stephen Lawrence on the highlight goal of the season. Uh, But that comes your way just in a little bit. First, a reminder. We are brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Uh, Roofing, siding, entry doors, storm doors, windows, gutter helmets, they've got it all. Sammy Hanna and his crew do an amazing job. All right, we're probably going to watch that Stephen Lorenz goal for about a month on NHL Network Uh, And again, we will hear from that goal scorer. It turned out to be the game winner tonight. Uh, But it's just an interesting game. Just going back through my notes uh, on the uh, the game, I thought Carolina was really good in the first period. Really good in the first period and trailed 1-0. It's the vagaries of hockey. Uh, More so than any other sport. Sometimes the scoreboard doesn't tell the truth. It just, and I, it, to me, it didn't in the first period. I think you heard Rod Brindamore after the game say uh, that he thought the first period was Carolina's best, and I agree. And to me, when I, when I, I guess I tweeted it out, like, all in all, it was a good period for Carolina, except on the scoreboard where they trailed one nothing. Um, in all situations, shots, on, shots uh, attempted, 24-10 in favor of Carolina. 10? Toronto attempted just 10 shots in the first period. Uh, scoring chances, 11-6. High danger chances chances in all situations were even, 4-4. Uh, but shots on goal, Carolina 15-6 advantage. And Carolina had chances to score. Um, uh, Tavo Teravainen had a, uh, a great, uh, you know, was the recipient of a great pass in front from Ajo. Uh, but basically swung and missed. I mean, he got a he got a stick on it, uh, but he just he. If you were a golfer, you would have said he hit it fat, and it really didn't have anything on it. And Jack Campbell was able to make the save. Uh, Jesper Faust fed Nino Niederreiter for a chance. Uh, didn't quite find the mark. Um, there was the high flip from I think it was Ethan Bear uh, to Andrei Svechnikov. It goes off the post. Uh, there were just a ton of opportunities for Carolina that just didn't get any to go. Uh, but you had to like the period. But usually against a team like Toronto, which has struggled of late, 2-3-1 and one coming in, they lost, uh, I guess they were 0-2-1 in their last three. They had given up 12 goals in their last two. You, you know that at some point Toronto's going to get well. And you thought, well, maybe this is it. Especially with the Austin Matthews goal, which if we could just talk about it very briefly was one of the few, seriously, one of the few mistakes Carolina made in the game. Uh, Ethan Bear misplays the puck just inside his blue line, and he goes back to chase it down and ends it up, rather than skating it out of harm's way, uh, he just tries to wind it around the boards uh, to the right of uh, Freddie Anderson, and it was uh, intercepted by Matthews right along the wall, uh, and then, uh, who was it? Michael Bunting kind of, I don't know if he did anything to it, but he touched the puck. So he ends up with an assist on the play and Matthews just skates around behind Anderson and, uh, wraps it around just inside the far post. Uh, probably wasn't a great goal to allow if you're Freddie Anderson, but good play by Matthews first goal of the season for him. Uh, and all the good work that Carolina really had done in the first period that came kind of early, but 
uh, when when the period ends, Carolina was to me clearly the better team, but trailed one nothing. Uh, then in the second period, uh, we have um, Brett Pesci off for uh, a phantom penalty. I guess he was uh, called for a penalty for being near uh, Mitch Martyr. Interesting. Pesci got elbowed in the head by Nick Ritchie in the first period, um, and no call was made. Now, Pesci had already kind of gone down, so it wasn't like uh, Ritchie um, tripped him or anything like that, uh, but Ritchie also didn't care very much that <laughs> Pesci was in a vulnerable position. Uh, and I guess the ruling is that Pit- Richie didn't have enough time to avoid him. Uh, but anyway, uh, Pesci got hit pretty hard against the, uh, you know, his head was kind of sh- uh, crunched against the boards, and that could have been really bad. I mean, at the very least, could have been a concussion. And I think Alec and I were talking about it uh, in the um, in the press box in the fifth floor that kind of surprised that Pesci didn't have to go for concussion protocol at that point. Uh, but anyway, uh, he skates to the bench, and he was fine. Um, but, I mean, Carolina kills off that power play. Uh, and then after the power play, Trocek comes in in a breakaway, misses the net. Uh, maybe a minute or so later, uh, Jordan Martinook makes a great play, spins around, throws a great cross-ice pass to Jesper Foss, and Foss has had an incredible goal-scoring touch. But he, like Teravainen did in the first period, Foss didn't hit it very solidly, uh, can't elevate the puck, so Jack Campbell's uh, pad comes over and denies the goal. But Carolina has, again, two great opportunities uh, to you know tie or even take the lead, uh, can't get either of them to go. And then, not that long after that, Ethan Bear takes a shot from the point. Sebastian Ajo with a net front presence deflects it down and past. It just kind of trickled in just inside the far post past Jack Campbell. It's 1-1, and I think from that point on, Carolina was like, all right, we got even. Now let's go. And to me, they stepped on the gas there. I thought they were uh, clearly the better team in the second period, although statistically it doesn't appear that. Uh, but I think if we went back and watched the game, I think it was maybe a flurry or two by Toronto that got them even analytically. You know, things like shot attempts, uh, expected goals, things like that. But I think Carolina was, for the most part, uh, the much better team in the second period. Third period, Toronto pushed. Carolina kind of hung on, uh, wasted a couple of power plays, but uh, just played a very solid, solid game. Um but I liked a lot of what I, uh, obviously, what I saw. Uh, I, I, I want to talk very quickly about uh, my three stars, uh, or, or really that the Jordan Stahl line tonight. Last year, we spent so much time listening to people ask the question about what's different about Jordan Stahl. And I, by the way, I've heard Trip Tracy talk about it, and I'm going to give him credit uh, because there was a difference in Jordan Stahl, but it just really wasn't it was wasn't anything more than when the puck goes in, you're confident, you're not kind of trying to force the issue as much. So when the puck's going in, you're a little bit more relaxed. But Jordan Stahl, the beauty of his game is that in a game like tonight, where he doesn't get on the score sheet, he can still be Carolina's best player. And he was the Hurricanes' best player tonight. 
He was a monster. His line with Nino Niederreiter and Jesper Faust basically took out the Tavares, Marner, Alexander Kerfoot line. Just eliminated them. I just don't remember anything other than a power play for Tavares and Marner where they were legitimately dangerous. I would argue that Marner was probably most dangerous shorthanded tonight than he was in any other situation. And that's because Rod Brindamore kept sending Jordan Stahl, Nino Niederreiter, and Jesper Faust over the boards whenever uh, he thought we were going to see the Tavares line. It was a matchup all night long. Carolina won that matchup. Carolina won the Sebastian Ajo line matchup with Austin Matthews line. And when you are when you are beating Toronto's top two lines, you're going to win that game. You are going to win that game. And uh, I think if Carolina's second line, third line, I guess. Um, and by the way, Andrei Svechnikov, after I think it was midway through the first period, Rod bumped Svechnikov up, and he played with Teravine and Aho the rest of the game. Wouldn't be surprised if we saw that against Boston on Thursday. Um, and I don't think that the Trocek line didn't play well. Um, they didn't score, uh, but they did, uh, they had some great moments. Natchez drew a penalty. Kotkaniemi threw a great pass in front to Natchez uh, that created that. So I think there were some good moments for them. Uh, but the top two lines for Carolina tonight were just absolutely outstanding in all zones. Uh, and, you know, we, we've talked about that with Ajo. One of the things that Rod Brindamore wanted a couple of years ago was to have Ajo be able to go out and play against other teams' best. Well, that's what Sebastian Ajo does now. He is great, and he's great defensively. Uh, and in his last three games, he is 25-10 and 10 in the faceoff circle. That is true. Last three games for Sebastian Ajo, 25 wins, 10 losses. Uh, so what is that, five out of uh, seven, almost 60%? Uh, no, it's better than that. It's uh, five out of seven is better than 70% in the face-off circle. Just just outstanding. And a big goal tonight. And he's got uh, points in all five games this season. So does Andrei Svechnikov. Uh, we had the, uh, the grown man goal from Steven Lorenz. Uh, and again, one more thing about the stall line, because we all know how great Jesper Faust has played. Nino Niederreiter, man. Uh, for those people who have listened to me talk about this, I have not been a Niederreiter fan, but the way Nino is playing right now, oh boy, Nino's, uh, Nino's awfully good right now. And the, uh, the difference in Nino's game, if you recall two years ago, the first half of Dougie Hamilton's season, one of the most noticeable things was not Dougie's offense. It was Dougie's defense. And to me, when I watch Nino, I think it's all starting in the defensive end for Niederreiter. I think he's been excellent in the defensive zone. And the offense is going to be there. And he gets rewarded with a great goal tonight. Super play by Slavin. Uh, and then a great uh, finish, you know, as Nino kind of skates out in front, uh, you know, kind of dekes away the defense and sweeps it past Campbell. Uh, and that goal made it 3-1. I thought Carolina could have had, end up with a maybe a fourth goal in the second period. Uh, they got the three, and then they got the empty netter to make it 4 uh, nothing. So, good start, obviously, to the season. 
I don't think it was a perfect game for Carolina. My only quibble would be uh, they're, uh, they had a little bit of a hard time getting the puck out of the defensive zone at times. And you know, it could have been just circumstance where the puck maybe is just laying at, a, at an awkward spot uh, at your feet and you just couldn't get uh, the good part of the stick on it. But Carolina didn't have a, a few problems like that tonight. Uh, Freddie Anderson didn't have to make too many great saves, uh, but one you heard in the open, the great save on Alexander Kerfoot, Kerfoot, which was a two-on-one shorthanded for Toronto. At the end of that play, Vincent Trocek took, or was whistled, I don't know if he took it, but he was whistled for a, uh, I guess it was a hooking or a slashing penalty, whatever it was, that negated the power play. Uh, but Carolina still dominated the play after that at four-on-four. Uh, they killed off a bunch of that on their own uh, and then had very little trouble uh, wiping away like the 30-second power play that was coming right at the end of that. So, um, look, there was, a, I mean, just a ton good tonight. Uh, and again, the only blemish, really, uh, in terms of style of play was the Ethan Bear mistake that led to the Austin Matthews goal. But they are 5-0 and on the season. Boston is coming up on Thursday, then it's Chicago, and then it's Arizona. Uh, but we won't get too far ahead of ourselves, uh, hoping to make it six in a row against the Bruins Thursday night. My man Alec Campbell, Stormwatch Aftermath, Hurricanes intermission host, and uh, and we talk uh, we talk about all sorts of things. We talk about I don't know fried food uh, Monday through Friday, noon to three. Um, I like to say. Before every, at the, at the start of every podcast, you can't go 82-0 without whatever the record is. And if you don't win the first five, you can't be perfect on the season. So here we are, 5-0. and um, It was good. I thought it was a good effort. They uh, yeah. they played hard. It wasn't always clean. Uh, but, man, they're, uh, that Jordan Stahl line, to me, shut down. Uh, John Tavares and company, it was probably, you know, if not the difference, certainly among the differences in the game. Yeah, I mean, it felt to me like, I think, top to bottom, one of the more consistent performances, I think, from the Hurricanes, just from start to finish, I guess, rather than top to bottom. Uh, but the, the Tavares line didn't seem to be all that dangerous. The... Matthews line, except for the goal that they scored, which was sort of gifted to Matthews, um, didn't didn't seem to be all that dangerous either. So I think the Canes kind of took care of business when it came to matching up with their big guns. But overall, I don't think it was really a flashy performance from Carolina. I think it was just a good, solid game. They didn't make as many mistakes, I don't think, tonight as they have in the past couple of games, or at least there wasn't like the major turnover issue that had kind of characterized the last three games or whatever. Um, so it was a little different in that aspect, but once again, the Canes able to score four goals, only one game this season have they scored less than four goals. And that was against Nashville, I believe in game number two. Yeah. So they have quickly jumped to one of the best, scoring teams in the league they came in tonight at four and a half per game which was a fourth in the league and they're 
goals. I mean, Freddie Anderson right now is putting up league best numbers <laughs> in terms of his save percentage and goals against. And uh, I guess that probably just got better tonight because I think he was 175 goals against and 944 save percentage going into tonight. So I think both of those numbers will probably get better. So, hey, man, it's a pretty good recipe when you're scoring a bunch of goals and you're stopping a bunch of shots. So, um, yeah, good, solid performance from Carolina against the team who I felt like a little nervous and worried about just because I, I kind of think this was a different kind of team than what Carolina had seen for the first four games. I mean, uh, the Islanders, okay, everybody's, everybody's talking about they're going to win the division and this and that. But the Islanders are kind of one of those teams to me that just have a bunch of solid players right. on their team. Like there aren't really, besides, you know, Matthew Barzal, um, trying to think of some others, you know, there, there really there really isn't this just flood of, of huge names. And then you get to the Nashvilles and the Montreals and the Columbuses of the world who I think are all kind of, I mean, I don't want to call them rebuilds. I think Columbus kind of might be, but they're, they're not, they're not super strong teams. I don't think. And then you get to tonight where you've got a team that's lost three in a row. The sky is kind of falling already in Toronto because they got crushed by Pittsburgh yeah. a couple of games ago with Pittsburgh, not having really, I mean, so many guys, so many people out in their lineup. <laughs> Um, they, they lose seven to one, you know, Austin Matthews had not scored a goal coming into tonight. Mitch Marner's only point of the season was a secondary assist coming into tonight. So they had a team that had lost three in a row and some big names who had yet to find the back of the net. So, you know, and that, that's always kind of a, a, a scary proposition when you have a team with that kind of firepower, um, coming in with, with those kind of issues. But instead of it being, I guess a motivator for them, it continued to snowball, which was good for the Hurricanes. But I, I, I was a little nervous about the matchup coming in just based yeah. on their circumstance, not necessarily anything about the Hurricanes. So good on them for, for neutralizing all of those big names and, and getting a solid win from start to finish. Yeah, just a couple of uh, to kind of piggyback some of the things you were saying. Uh, not only is Freddie Anderson... Uh, he's been good throughout. I mean, he, we all agree he wasn't amazing in the first game. Uh, and frankly, I mean, I thought he was good tonight. Good when he had to be. But there, I think there were, uh, there were issues managing the puck uh, from him. And there were, uh, they were just kind of whacking around at the puck in the zone for a while. Mm -hmm. But uh, Anderson, in his last four starts, I mean, just pure saves right here. Uh, 116 saves, 121 shots. It's a 959 save percentage uh, in the last four games. Um, I thought he was uh, at his best in the win over Columbus. I thought he was uh, excellent against Montreal. Uh, I thought he was uh, obviously excellent in Nashville. Uh, but they're 5-0. and um, He was, I think, Stephen Lorenz. I'm sorry. I apologize to Stephen. Lawrence. <laughs> uh, you didn't get it wrong. You didn't I, get it wrong. He he accepts both. You can't mess it up. One day when he's scoring forty or fifty goals in a season, we're going to have to get it right at that point. Um, yeah. But uh, Lawrence mentioned, you know, just how calm he is, uh, and there's no question. Hurricanes fans have been used to kind of 
crazy goaltenders over the last couple of years, whether it was Peter Morozik for the most part or uh, last year, Alex Nedeljkovic, guys who are all over the place and, you know, uh, unpredictable. Freddie Anderson, apart from when he's falling behind the net, is very predictable. He really is. He's basically, he stays at home. Uh, he doesn't venture too far out, uh, but he has been uh, he has been very good. As for the goal scoring, um, yeah, I mean, Carolina's now, they're now 22-4-8 against. If I get that right? No. Uh, is it 8 against? No. Yeah, 22-4-8 against. Only five goals allowed in the last four games only two of those are at five on five that's pretty that's that's heady stuff from a statistical standpoint so uh just just impressive uh impressive stuff there and you're right i was just looking at uh shots on goal from the from the top two lines from toronto uh william nylander had three austin matthews had two uh, the other uh, uh, player on that line is uh, was M- Michael Bunting. Michael Bunting didn't have one. He's been actually a good player for them. He had two goals on the season coming in. Jason Spezza led them with three goals on the season. Uh, Tavares, Marner, and Kerfoot, the second line, the one that Jordan Stahl's line basically shut down tonight, uh, they combined for three shots on goal. So... When the top six players for a team like Toronto only comes away from the night with eight shots on goal combined, you've done your job. The top two lines for Carolina did their job tonight. Um, so that w- that's always it's always good to see because they're supposed to get a, a whole bunch of ice time. Uh, but I really thought, I mean, it's hard to point out. I mean, can you think of anybody who who didn't play well? Um, not really. I mean, I think Ethan Bear had a couple of tough moments, obviously the goal uh, on the lackadaisical sort of rim, uh, rim that he, he tried to rim the puck around yeah. and, and the, you know, he made kind of two mistakes on the play and a couple other, um, you know, a couple other mishandles of the puck, but he also had an assist on the night, but I really can't think of anybody who, played terribly Pesci had three giveaways tonight which is sort of uh, uncharacteristic of him but uh, he also took a penalty which might not have been a penalty Um, (laughs) I think actually in the uh, I was looking at the box score it says Pesci uh, two minutes for being near Mitch Marner when he fell down yeah I actually thought that penalty and I thought the hooking call on Trocek was a little bit weak at the end of the game too or in the third period too Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, really nobody that I can think of that was glaringly bad tonight. Um, just in terms of Freddie, I think tonight was a little bit different for him because there weren't the breakaways like we saw in the last three games, essentially. (laughs) Um, you know, some of those real grade a one-on-one situations. I thought there was a lot more traffic in front of the net. There was a lot more kind of scrambly type stuff tonight. Yeah. So maybe maybe that was one reason why it was a little uh, a little bit you know shakier at times. He also mishandled the puck behind the goal at one point too, which which almost led to a good scoring chance, although he recovered on it. Yeah, right. I think right um, at the start of the second period, right? 
Yeah, exactly. So, so it was a, kind of a, a little different challenge for Freddie tonight, but uh, ultimately I think he was fine. Um, otherwise, man, there were, there were, there were pretty, you know, it was just really solid. I thought from, from start to finish, I didn't, I didn't find it to be overly flashy. I thought it to just to be, you know, workman-like type performance. Uh, there were guys I liked. I like Mark Nook a lot tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the, I like the, I, I think their line does what they're apt to do. And I appreciate about, I appreciate that about them. Um, yeah, I was listening to uh, you on my ride home up uh, up into Canada through uh, through the rain, um, and I and I think you're you're right when you pulled that out of Martin rather uh, Lawrence's uh, podium, if you will. Uh, that mm-hmm. they do he he especially maybe because he's a second year player, but they definitely understand what their role is. Uh, they have also done a very good job of creating scoring chances. Like mm-hmm. if if Steven can develop a little bit of a score, just a little bit of a scoring touch, uh, that that line is going to they can produce some points. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if we saw all three of them if they can stay healthy and stay together. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw you know one or more of them you know approach a 20, 25 point season, the way uh, they create chances. I mean, there, there's going to be, you know, moments for all of them where the, where the puck just kind of finds its way into the net, the way they pressure. Yeah. I mean, uh, there was one instance where Stefan kind of like took the puck out of midair at center ice and, and, and sent a good feed over to Martinook. Martinook sent a feed somewhere. Martinook had one uh, to Foss that Foss yeah. didn't score on. So there were a couple of different instances where that line I thought was pretty good. And I think they've been consistent and good really all season long, which, you know, is one of the things that we talk about coming into the season is that they have now four legit NHL lines. They've got a legit fourth line in those guys. And maybe their biggest attribute is that they understand what their role is. I mean, Lawrence talked about being a puzzle piece. You know, he said out loud, I'm not a 40, 50 goal a guy, you know, a year guy. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just here to do do my job. And that's important to have. I mean, it's, you know, it's important to have guys who know what their roles are. Let's I want to talk real quick before I get your stars about what I thought was an absolutely key moment of the game. And it was the it was it was Carolina's first goal in the the Ajo deflection of the Ethan Bear shot from the point. But uh, you and I were sitting there. Carolina played a really good first period. They were much better than Toronto, but they trailed one nothing uh, at intermission. And then early in the period, you had Vincent Trocek, who missed the net on a breakaway. And then you mentioned the Martinook to Faust. Uh, it was great play by Martinook because he spun around and threw the pass right on Faust tape. Uh, and unfortunately, Jesper just kind of, uh, you know, kind of chili dipped it, sort of. I mean, he got an, he got decent uh, graphite on it, if you will, but it he couldn't elevate the puck. If he elevates it, it's a goal um, because he just didn't hit it solid enough, so it just went right into Jack Campbell's pad, and Campbell played very well, really, for the first period plus. Um, but that Aho goal, I think, kind of relaxed. Once Carolina got even, 
I thought they got all over Toronto at that point. I know this natural stat trick had the second period being even, but that's a case of Toronto must have gotten almost all of their shots like in a four-minute span because at one point with like six minutes left in the period, I think Toronto had one shot on goal in the second. But from, from the Ajo goal on, I thought in the second period, I thought Carolina was all over yeah, I thought so too. I mean, I think there was some, there was a little bit of a push from Toronto in the third period. I mean, Carolina had two power plays in the third period. They killed one of them themselves. Right. <laughs> they uh, did. Uh, which was unfortunate. I actually thought the power play was a little lackluster tonight overall. Yeah. Um, I thought the first one was good, not great. The last two were bad. Yeah. And, you know, obviously you don't want to take a penalty where you're on the power play. So um, the power play was a little bit lackluster. But, um, yeah, man, um, I forgot I forgot my train of thought. I forgot what you were talking about beforehand. It's, it's, all right. it's all right. It was not, uh, it was not outstanding. Uh, do you have a th- your three stars of the game, or are you just going to steal from the arena? Um, no, I'm not going to steal from the arena, but you know we don't have the sponsored three stars this year, so I don't uh, I don't ever do them until you ask me. Oh, really? Um, so you know what? This podcast should sponsor your three stars. So um, it should be sponsored by McDonald's, I think, the McDouble. <laughs> so I thought it was interesting. Again, if people didn't listen to the aftermath, and shame on you if you didn't. Uh, as you were talking, I believe it was to the first caller who was calling in just basically to, to sing Carolina's praises. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it his, uh, you know, his significant other who was making the McDonald's order? I mean, I can't say. I don't know. Could have been anybody. Could have been a friend. Could have been a daughter. Could have been a wife. Oh, man. Um, well, there's a yeah, lot of McDoubles. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter. I just respect the order. I've never had a McDouble. Oh, man, you're missing out. I guess. I was ordering yeah. like a uh, half dozen of them. So I appreciated your, yeah. uh, your response. You're going to combo those. You're going to supersize. Very good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean, listen, let's really get into the nitty gritty and importance of what's going on here with this order, because that's far more interesting to me than whatever we're talking about with the hurricane. <laughs> well, sure. Of that. Like in a McDouble, they just revamped McDouble a couple of years ago. Did they? Um, yeah. Or was it the quarter pounder? Don't know. Uh, either way, you know they went to the the, the all always fresh, like never frozen uh, uh, burger patties, which you know it's just such a big difference. I appreciate that. Yeah, so, I so appreciate the always respect, fresh part, and and mad respect for going with the diet coke instead of a regular because you want to throw that on top uh, when you're eating three McDoubles. I, just make sure because I prefer re- uh, diet coke to regular coke. Yeah, I get it. It's, it's a thing for a lot of people. Um, I, I can't get with it. I like the high test stuff. Uh, I can't handle the 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 whatever the fake sugar is in Coke Zero or oh, I Diet can't. Coke. Give me it's just not for me. I, give me all of the Coke Zeros. My wife loves Coke Zero, oh. and it's it's fine. I'll drink it if I have to, if I need like a jolt of caffeine. But nah. I don't really uh, like it that much. Coke Zero, you could put. It's like I'd I'd, I'd go right to the teat of uh, of, <laughs> of the Coke Zero cow. I would go right to it. 
Uh, back to uh, back to the three stars. Sponsored by Coke Zero. Not really, but uh, who do you got? All right. Um, let's go with... Hmm. There's a part of me that wants to give a star to Brady Shea. Okay, which, uh, which Brady, part of you? That's fine. Brady Shea, I believe, had five shots on goal tonight. Um, he had one, one scenario where... Uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Nino who took a shot, uh, got a got a nice pass from somebody, took a shot, and Shea had jumped in for the rebound. Um, and he didn't score, but he was right there. But he, I, I think he had five shots tonight. He, he absolutely liked, did. Which I like from Brady Shea, and I think he was solid on the back end too. So okay. I, I, I kind of want to give one to Brady Shea. This might turn into my uh, my my indie band three stars. It's very possible. Um, I'd like to give one to Jordan Martinook tonight. Yeah. Um, I just I mean I think Martinook was was good all over the place, passing the puck, getting involved, normal energetic self. And then my first star tonight. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Um, I wish I could play I, the I Jeopardy I, music I, right now. I think I think I want to give it to Lawrence just for the goal, just for the goal that he scored. Very interesting. That is an indie band right there. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't, uh, you know, like I think it would be easy to give one to Freddie. I think you could give. You know what? I I, I, I left out Slavin. I wanted to give Slavin a, a star. So who are we taking let me, off? Let me, so let's take off. Um, let's take off Lawrence. Let's give Slavin my uh, first star. How about that? Jacob Slavin, your first star. All right. Here's uh, here were my three, and I got uh, I got confirmation from somebody who will re- remain nameless that I that I had nailed this, uh, and I'm not trying to uh, to. Uh, to play superior here at all. Uh, number three for me was Jacob Slavin. He was great, but I mean, you got to take points off because he took a penalty. Come mm. on, Jacob. What are you doing? Get out of the penalty yeah, box. Which is, which is rare for Jacob. He doesn't take penalties. Uh, Jacob Slavin uh, took a penalty. Andre Svechnikov did not. Get out. Yeah, um, it never happened. Second star for me was Nino Niederreiter. Um, he mm-hmm. continues to play incredibly well. Like I never would have thought that I would be saying this about Nino. I have loved his game before he scored the goal. I loved everything about Nino tonight before he scored the goal. And I thought, and speaking of that goal, what Jacob Slavin did to Mitch Marner on that is illegal in most provinces in Canada. Um, I mean, he just completely turned him around uh, and then Nino did the same thing. I forget to whom, uh, what defenseman he did, but he just walked right out in front, deked him, uh, and then swept it past Campbell. It was a great goal. Uh, and I had Jordan Stahl as my first star of the night. I think what they did, remember the uh, on the Slavin penalty, Stahl killed the first 30 seconds of that power play by himself. Mm-hmm. He was just a yeah. monster, uh, and he has played yeah, so well. But I mean, like that's that's the thing about this game is that I don't. 
it wasn't it wasn't the type of game where you're going, okay, so and so had a three point night and so and so had a four point night and this and that. Like they're just I don't feel there was one there like it's almost equally on the good and the bad. There was there wasn't one person who I felt like was just flashy out of yeah. this world in the good or you know, or there wasn't one person who was just miserably bad. Like I just felt like there was just solid from from top to bottom, top start to finish. A hundred percent agree. So you have to go looking for like, okay, this guy you know killed thirty seconds of a penalty by himself uh, to find you know superlatives to give people stars. Yeah, Jordan Stahl was supposed initially got a uh, got a secondary assist on the Nino goal, but they took it away. So I'm giving him a first star because he had a point and then they stole the point from him. How dare they? How dare they do that? Uh, all right, so are we gonna what are, who are we gonna see in goal on Thursday? We got two days off. I mean any reason to not roll Freddie out there again? I mean, there really isn't, other than maybe you just want to give him an extra day of rest. But you know, the the, the Bruins are the Bruins and the Blackhawks are kind of struggling right now. So I guess the conventional thinking is give Freddie the start on Thursday and give Ronta the start on Friday. But I kind of hope we see some of the other guys as well. Although, you know, I don't, I really, I'm really here for not disrupting the mojo. Right. You know, like if they decided not to put those other guys in, I wouldn't be mad about it. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that. Um, I think there's a chance we see Brendan Smith uh, in for Ian Cole on Thursday against Boston. Uh, not that you need more physicality than Ian Cole, because I've liked most of what I've seen from Ian Cole. Uh, but that's just the logical insertion in the lineup to get Brendan Smith some, uh, some time. Um, I don't think against Boston that you'll see Seth Jarvis but I think that if we see Seth Jarvis, it will likely be uh, the games Friday and Sunday uh, because that is Chicago and Arizona. Right now, those are two teams that are absolutely laboring um, and theoretically top to bottom in the lineup. They're not as uh, they're not as physically imposing. And again, I don't think Rod is interested in hiding Seth Jarvis, but it's probably the best uh, the best option for him. But I think when we talked I mean, to Rod today, like who do you pull out of the lineup? Who comes out to let Seth Jarvis, you know, uh, do a two-game cameo? I just, it's kind of hard to even imagine pulling somebody out of the lineup. Yeah, I, I have no idea who comes out of the lineup, but I just, I don't know why we have to protect him. Like, I don't know why, you know, I mean, I, I guess I understand that you know, he's new and you want to make things as simple as possible and you want to put him in a situation where, you know, he's not a complete liability. But, I mean, we got to see him play at some point. So, I don't I guess whether it's the Bruins or the Blackhawks, I mean, I, I don't really, I guess I don't really care what the opponent is. Oh, I understand. I mean, I wasn't like protecting him, but the Bruins probably play a much more physical brand of hockey than Chicago does. So that's the only reason I was thinking keeping him out of the lineup against Boston, but it doesn't really matter. 
Um, I'm also not 100% sure they're going to play him, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, just in the conversation with Rod, they, it's like we have to make a decision on him soon. And it's not yeah. it's not going to do him any good just sit here and, uh, you know, hang out with the NHL team. I mean, they, I agree, which is, I mean, at this point, like, that's why, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of under the impression that you, you would want to get him in ASAP for as often as you can and try to figure this out. Well, but here's the thing. The thing I think is, they know. They're not really, the thing is, they're not really in a rush to do it because everything's been so good so far. Yeah, I mean, in a way, 5-0 and oh, and the way they have played has pretty much eliminated the right. the need to take a look at Seth Jarvis. Um, right. So it's, you know, look. That's a good problem to have, I guess. It is. A, yeah, yes, uh, I agree. It's a great problem to have. But I think you're right. I think we'll see, uh, I think we'll see Freddie on Thursday against Boston. And then we'll see uh, Auntie Ranta on Friday against Chicago. And then I, I would imagine, barring something weird, you know, a Ranta shutout against Chicago. Uh, I think we'll see Freddie go back Sunday against Arizona. But uh, they do have to get some other guys in the lineup. It would be nice to see Brendan Smith, but uh, I certainly have liked what I have seen from Ian Cole. There really isn't any anything uh, uh, to complain about. So uh, on that note, uh, well done as always. We will do this again on uh, Thursday night uh, when the Hurricanes host the Boston Bruins at PNC Arena. Good? All right. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Now, as promised, let's check in with my friend, Stephen Lawrence, and we will apologize at the end. All right, let's start with it. The game winner uh, was a highlight. We're probably going to be watching this for at least a month uh, on uh, NHL Network. Walk me through it. Um, yeah, I think it, it just started with the D-zone face-off, and um, you know, I mentioned before that uh, we kind of go out as a fourth line and knowing that um, we try and keep the puck out of our net and that's kind of our role is to create energy and, and go down and the other team's end and, and you know, make plays happen. So um, started, I think it was a loss, Toronto went, to, went out to their, their defense and um, already made a heck of a block and just kind of scooted the puck forward and um, I kind of busted through. I got a, a good jump off the faceoff and um, I was fortunate enough to win that battle with the D-man. We got kind of tangled up a little bit and when the puck was on my feet, I just wanted to get it off as quick as possible and I was <clears throat> fortunate enough and found the back of the net. Do you think you make that? That was a, that was a man goal. Do you think uh, last year you, you'd convert that as well? I'm not too sure. Um, I think this year I'm a lot more confident and I understand that um, I, mean, I do have that size and strength to, to be able to you know, push guys around a little bit. So um, it's nice being able to, you know, maybe go back and watch that replay and, and understand what I did to, to be able to, you know, have the successful outcome on that goal. So, um, like I said, it gives me confidence going forward. But, you know, I have to play that game night in and night out um, consistently. So uh, I'm looking forward to that challenge, too. 5-0 and start. And in the last few, actually, actually in every game, you guys have really won the third period, too. Now, maybe Toronto pushed a little bit, but we knew that was going to happen. But what is different maybe uh, this year as opposed to last year that – you guys have been so good late. Yeah, I think this success uh, comes from the, the formula that we have here implemented from our coaching staff. And we understand coming in every single year that we have to buy into the system. And, and that doesn't mean, you know, taking shortcuts and, and, and cheating and, and going for offense all the time. You know, some of these nitty gritty games come down to little battles along the wall and, and one little mistake could end up in the back of your net. So um, we don't take shifts for granted. And, and, you know, when guys go out there at the end of the game, uh, those are shifts that you know we're not cheating for offense. Like I mm-hmm. said, those are those are nitty gritty shifts, and you win your wall battles, you beat your man, and, and those are the ones that 
you know, turn into one, turn into two, turn into four, and then so on. And that's how you'd be successful in this league. Freddie's been pretty good, especially of late. 116 saves in his last 121 shots on. I don't know if anybody has done the math. 959 <coughs> save percentage. He's also different. He's very calm. Yep. So what have you seen from him? And obviously, I know he saved you the other night in Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I brought that up. That's one that I can laugh about because it didn't end up in the right. back of my net. But um, like I mentioned in there, Freddie's just um, – he's so calm. And that, that presence, knowing that you, your goaltender's not you know, going to be all over the net and inconsistent, you know that you have that guy um, having your back every single night is just a, such an incredible feeling. And, you know, we have two goaltenders. Obviously, Rance hasn't been able to, to get in there yet with Freddie playing so hot, but we're confident in both our guys. And um, just knowing that we have this, you know, Obviously, these five wins are nice, but um, we're more focused on playing the right way. You know, if we lost tonight, but we played the right way, I think we mm-hmm. can take, obviously, more positives out of that. But, um, I mean, the five wins is, is great. Um, we're going to keep to, or look to keep uh, building off that and keep improving as well. So we'll come back tomorrow and watch some video. All right. Do I have to apologize for calling you Lorenz last year as opposed <laughs> to Lawrence? Do I have to do that? Because I will. No, I no, no problem. Absolutely not. No, <laughs> I, I mentioned it to, to one person one time, and it just became this, this big thing. So I answer to both. Uh, it is both. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. I smile all day long talking to Steven Lorenz. He is just a genuine joy to be around. I love his level-headedness, how grounded he is. Uh, and, I mean, who knows? He's just a, such a solid citizen for a fourth-line player. He can play. He's a great skater, uh, can kill penalties. Uh, and, again, uh, his line mates are playing well. Derek Stepan has been a, a super ad. Jordan Martinook continues to play well and provide leadership as well. Uh, we have to get out of here. Quick reminder, we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. On Hamlin Road in Durham, there is no place like it. So get your free no-obligation estimate online. And again, you want to make your home as beautiful and energy-efficient as possible. And that's what I think about the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. They're beautiful and energy efficient. Uh, I'm going to tell Sammy that should be their tagline. Come to the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. We are not only beautiful, but we are energy efficient. Follow the Canes Corner podcast wherever you get your podcast. Uh, If you want to give us a rating, great. If not, all good. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you like. And uh, we're here again after every Hurricanes game. I'm Adam Gold. Talk to you after the Bruins and the Hurricanes Thursday night. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsfan.com or wherever you get your podcasts. At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about. Every day of the year, primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org.